0: Listening to the Redeemed Women podcast, I'm your host Paige Bierman. You guys, I'm so excited to be back for season two. Um, I'm so looking forward to all the different people that I have lined up to talk to. Um, I hope that you will enjoy our conversations. Um, This first episode we recorded live, and it was with my husband Josh Bierman and our pastor and one of my good friends. Jeff Heine, we discuss the topic of um, why men should listen to the Redeemed Women podcast. And uh, maybe we get into a few other things too, but um, I hope that you guys are just encouraged when I was thinking about what I wanted that conversation to be about and what I wanted people to know. It was for men and women alike to hear and to believe that you are valued, and you are needed, and um, that goes for one another, Um, that guys, you need the girls, and girls, you need the guys, and that we are a family, and um, I just love hearing Jeff and Josh talk about that, so without further ado, here is episode one. So, thank y'all for coming. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks so much. Um, I'm particularly excited about this conversation because it's something that I just love to talk about, and I've probably talked to, like, all of you about it. Um, but I'm especially excited to have Jeff and Josh to have this conversation with me. And if you know Jeff and Josh, you're probably like, these are two of the most interesting pairings of men that you could have chosen because if they took a personality test, they would probably be on polar opposite sides.
1: What, what is your... Pick, pick any uh, personality test. He's the Enneagram member
0: who doesn't care about the Enneagram. Th-
1: that, that
2: is correct.
0: I okay, think so, he's a three. Yeah, I was about to say. I think he's a three.
1: Okay. That makes sense. That um, checks out.
0: You people in your Enneagram. four. What
1: about, uh, what were the other, Myers-Briggs? Did, did, you, did you ever do Myers- that? You know
0: Myers-Briggs. What's that? Uh, I, it's e. been years
2: since I got into no, that. No, you're
0: so. always flipping flopping on E and I. E&I.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm always the one that's like right down the middle to where like just giving – one or two questions, I could have been the different answer or the different letter, so it's hard to box me in.
1: Hmm.
0: Mm. <laughs> just like a three. Um, yeah, oh, I know, my gosh. I know. Every time he says something, I'm like, oh, maybe he's a three, maybe he's a five, ooh, eight, I don't know. Um, but
2: Which says something about the test, I'm just saying. Anyways. Okay,
0: anyways. Mm. <laughs> um, but I chose them to have this conversation because they represent two of the guys who have been the biggest cheerleaders for me. Um, and it's just been really fun to step into vocational ministry and get to listen and, and learn from both of you guys. Um, obviously, I pay Josh the big bucks to cheer me on, but um, actually, I guess you pay me the big bucks. Um, but you know, I've gotten to work with Jeff now for, I think it's five years now. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's just been really fun to be cheered on as a female in ministry. And you've known me going from wife to mom, to mom of two, to now mom of three. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) lots of cheering going on for the Beermans. But um, I'll let you guys kind of introduce yourselves a little bit. Um, Just tell us, you know, your biographical information. Who are you? Where are you from? Your family? That kind of stuff. You want to go first?
1: I'd love to. (laughs) Uh, My name is Jeff. Uh, I am originally from Western Kentucky, moved down here to Birmingham when uh, my wife and I got married. Her name is Jess. She went to Samford. We both grew up in Paducah, Kentucky. But uh, she went to Samford, I went to Murray State. We um, made our way down here when we got married, thought we were coming to stay here for one year while we figured out our lives. That was 16 years ago. Mm And we still haven't figured out much, uh, (laughs) but we, we do have two little girls, uh, June and Eleanor, a fourth grader and a second grader. Uh, and yeah, I've been at Redeemer since it started in 2008. And, uh, and, uh, my role is a shepherding pastor with a senior pastor team.
2: And yeah, so I'm Josh Bierman, obviously. Um, you know that Paige. Um, so for those who don't know, I'm Paige's husband and, um, from Alexander City originally and uh, went to Auburn and Paige and I are from the same hometown. And uh, in high school, we dated for a little bit and then uh, took a five year break. Um,
1: as you do. As you as, do.
2: You know, just had just to, had to uh, grow up a you little, know, get you get some know? space. Um, but uh, ended up rekindling uh, those, those flames of romance in, in college. <laughs> and uh, we got married out of grad school for me, out of uh, undergrad for Paige, lived in Georgia for a couple years and uh, then uh, came to Birmingham for work and uh, found redeemer quickly after that and uh, have been uh, members ever since um, that time currently i'm in 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 sales and uh you know i'm a a dad of a four almost two year old and soon to be newborn and uh, yes as paige said her biggest cheerleader partly because she threatens me if i don't do otherwise
1: (laughs) Mm.
0: (laughs) we have a loving marriage um so usually i would ask like how y'all came to redeemer but josh kind of already did that. And Jeff, I feel like yours is abundantly obvious, um, since you preach a good bit and are on the website. So we won't go into that, Okay. but, um, so we'll just hop right in. The topic is why men should listen to redeemed women. Um, and so I want to just talk about that, uh, off the cuff, like why should men listen to redeemed women?
2: Um, yeah, I'll, I'll start. I mean, I think, um, first and foremost, uh, you told me I have to say that, so <laughs> that's important to note. When um, I
0: talked to James Kling today, he was like, I would bet a $1,000 that Josh will make the joke.
2: Oh, it's happening. Because
0: yeah. Paige told me to.
2: Well, but, well so, you did. But, I'm glad I didn't make that bet. But more more so, <clears throat> um, I, th- I feel like a lot of people in our church may be surprised to know the numbers, is that 66% of our congregation are women. Um, and so for the men out there that maybe you're not listening to this resource that's two-thirds of your church body um, that you have access to hear their stories hear their perspective and these women are representative of other women in our church and they have a unique perspective that you can learn from and so that's a piece of our the body of Christ that you're missing out on by not listening to this and uh, I think also it's important to note that it there can sometimes be a women's resource, men's resources type of mentality, but these are just really good, just on neutral ground. Uh, Cause these women are giving incredible stories and perspective and um, some, you know, some of them, like if you're, if you're listening to Catherine Stein, for example, talk about her journey with looking at her mortality in her early thirties, and you can't be moved by that, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, or, um, you know, some of the, some of the past, you know, stories in there other, you know, uh, Christy Harmon talking about grief Allison Ray talking about goal setting that there's something like you don't have to be a woman to gain from the wisdom that they're sharing and uh, so you're missing out if you are a man and just think that this is a, a woman's resource and so there's nothing there for you
0: all right preach brother Josh
1: <laughs> yeah I think um, when the podcast first came out and uh, we were discussing some mm-hmm. of the early episodes and I was just talking about how I was listening to it, and then we kind of ventured into that world of like, well, I wonder if many men of Redeemer are listening to it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's very curated and targeting the women of the church. Oh yeah, but like it's
0: a calligraphy logo. I'm under no pretense. I'm pretty that sure that I bought
1: like, that font, though.
0: Not, no, no, a, a female in our congregation created it. Yeah.
1: Okay, we'll yeah, talk about that. We'll later. talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then why did I buy one? Uh, <laughs> but uh i'd have to say that 20 years ago i would not have listened to a resource like this like i wouldn't i didn't really listen to any uh women singer songwriters i didn't really read books by any women i just felt like i couldn't i had in my head this um this this idea that i wouldn't be able to relate mm. And what I've learned in these last 20 years, and I'm still learning now, is, uh, is how much I was missing out. And and really, like, the the first person that kind of cracked all that open for me, uh, especially in the world of, of music, was the first time that I really started listening to Patty Griffin. Mm-hmm. And what she was talking about in these songs, and she would also just kind of, like, as a storyteller, like, sometimes she'd be speaking from a man's perspective, or sometimes she'd be speaking from a woman's or a child's perspective, and and just her, her ability to move in and out of these different stories and just open it up, I realized that I was so, I was limiting uh, what, what could really shape and form the thoughts and ideas in my own head. And so this, this desire started to, to, to come about to have voices different than my own voice in my head. Mm-hmm. So how do we get someone else, someone who's different than me, how do I get their, their voice into my head? And, and podcast is quite literally a way to do that, uh, to to get someone else's voice in into your head and to hear their perspective, their experiences, their struggles, their successes, and, and resist the urge to immediately transpose that into my own life.
0: Yeah, that's hard.
1: <laughs> that it's not just about like, well, I mean, we do that with scripture too. It's yeah. like, okay, so what does this have to do with me? Right. It's like, that's such a uh, an unhelpful consumeristic like uh, uh, mindset to go into it but but that does come like there there are those connecting points um and so really as i start to process that question of why should men listen to it i, I first have to come with the admission that there is a time where i definitely wouldn't mm-hmm. uh and and as i've opened myself up to more women's voices um i, I believe that it those voices have shaped me. And and also looking back even before I kind of admitted those things, uh, just how significant just women throughout my life uh, speaking truth uh, and and giving color to my experiences and my understanding of the world and of the Lord. Um, And so this is an occasion and an easy access for the men in our congregation to hear from their sisters and to to invite those voices into their own heads.
0: Yeah, I think um, the word you said is sisters, and that's one of the things that I just go back to time and time again is like this brother-sister relationship and how really that transforms everything. When I stop looking at the opposite sex as just that, like different from me, um, Mm. but it becomes family, Uh, the brother and the sister, it just changes everything. I mean, it changes how I listen, how I respond, um, just the care that I give. Um, And and we can go into that more later, but I think that's like a great little preview of how I so desperately want all believers, but especially members of the church, to relate to one another um, is we're family it, it's first brother and sister um, but Jeff you kind of alluded to this on how there were different women in your life but maybe even before you knew it or recognized that you wanted that input um, so I'd like to hear from both of y'all like who have been some of those women or different relationships you've had with various women mm-hmm. um, and how has that impacted you over the years
1: yeah uh the first one that comes to my mind, uh, was a professor in college. Um, one of my philosophy professors, she, uh, so I was doing deconstruction before that was a cool thing <laughs> or even like a known thing, but definitely before it was a social media, uh, uh-huh. adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yeah, I was going through a real, uh, back then we just called it like a crisis of faith. It was mm-hmm. somebody that you just put on your prayer list. Um, mm-hmm. And now you have to watch their Insta stories. Yeah, oh,
0: they're like hashtags. Who needs that?
1: But see, this is this is where I get in trouble, Paige. Um, okay, <laughs> um, but I uh, I was going through a, a real crisis. I was I was kind of going through like, why do I say that I believe these things? Do I actually believe these things? I mean, like, good questions to be asking at at that point in life and maturity. Uh, or lack thereof, and and Dr. Gaiman, she uh, Cynthia, she uh, was just a f- force to be reckoned with when it came to uh, just a deep thinker, so engaged, so engaging, like w- w- like knew how to bring students that did not care about the readings, like to to do the readings and and to come in ready to argue and discuss and, and dive deep, and 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 she was a believer and. Uh, a, an engaged and, and smart believer that, the type of person that I had not encountered before. Mm-hmm. Um, she was not afraid of the world. Uh, she, but, but but she was distinct from it. She was in it, but not of it. It was it was, it was different, um, and it was also messy. Yeah. And because I was kind of a mess at that point, and and her authenticity and transparency and generosity to like bring me into her her world and to uh, have those discussions Uh, she was a pivotal uh, voice in my life and uh, i mean she was my academic recommendation to Beeson and uh, came to um, my wedding and and just uh, i yeah i've uh, i've been so grateful for how the lord used her at that unique season Um, and probably the lord used her to keep me on the rails uh, yeah. during that time.
0: Yeah. Cause you have to wonder, you know, had she not been there, um, would you, I mean, would you be a pastor now? Like, would there, you know, yeah, I mean
1: like that, those, those contexts, like a philosophy department at a state school can be, can be a dark place. Yeah. Um, and there were definitely dark patches and seasons mm-hmm. during that time. Um, but, but the Lord used her as a light for sure.
0: I love that. Josh, Do you have any,
2: yeah a story came to mind for me in uh college to to back up a little bit a lot of my upbringing was you know very much so like men voices men pastors we would go to youth camp and they'd bring in a a, a man evangelist you go to the 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 big arena type events yeah. all men preaching no, nothing wrong with men preaching but i <laughs> remember in, in college like i I too was having a bit of a uh We'll just call it fashioning out of, you know, the finer points of of faith and asking questions that are typical of most college students. And um, for me, was really trying to figure out what of this is cultural that I believe and what of this is legitimately from the Bible. And I remember there was a, a time where our college pastor, for whatever reason, was not preaching that Sunday. I think he may have been on a mission trip or something. And I don't even remember her name but it was a lady in the church who I'm guessing would have been about 50 or 60 at the time. And he just knew her. None of us knew who she was. Like there was no context for this. And she just said, Hey, I would love to preach on Leviticus 25. And he was like, okay, go for it. And, um, you know, for, for, I know most everyone knows what Leviticus 25 is, but you know, <laughs> for a fresher, um, it's talking about the kinsman redeemer. And she preached a sermon on that in a way that I had never seen the Old Testament and the New Testament connected mm. um, and talked about how a, a, a brother or a, a kinsman is the one who pays a debt to free someone who's enslaved. And the way that she showed that picture pointing to Jesus was the first time I had ever heard that. And it completely opened up the connections between the Old Testament and the New Testament in a new way. And it was a woman who is just a... Just dynamite teacher of the Bible wasn't a pastor, not ordained. I don't believe she was theologically trained. Um, she just knew her Bible, mm-hmm. and that was really impactful to me, both for like the lesson of just the sermon, but then just think, seeing from a pulpit, one like, oh, like that you know, women can can preach and teach, and like there you know, there's a lot of value to be had from from them that. That I can learn not just like the women teach the women the men teach the men which is a good thing also but that there can be different perspectives different voices and that that's that's a positive
0: yeah and I had like several thoughts while both of you were talking I think you know there is certainly like you said a, a time and a place for like individualized like the men go with the men and the women go with the women and I personally think I'm Uh, much closer with the Lord because of a good old fashioned woman's Bible study. I love it. Um, And like praying with other women and that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, one of the interesting things in most church cultures is that the majority of the teaching and the preaching does come from a male. So the majority of females have sat in a co-ed audience Mm -hmm. and listened yeah. to a, a male teach and preach. like we're very accustomed to that. That happens every Sunday. Um, but I think the flip side maybe hasn't happened quite mm-hmm. as much. Um, and I just when I think about like, is it in Hebrews where Priscilla and Aquila take um, what's his name? Apollo? Maybe Aside and, it says that they, they teach him the way of the word. And I just, I just wonder, like, almost that, like, spiritual mothering or, like, sisters, like you said, um, of, of how that can be accomplished in other settings. I think, you know, at Redeemer, for sure, we have the home group setting where there's typically a man and a woman who are leading. It's less of a teaching thing, but there's definitely, like, a modeling, yeah. a leadership thing. Um, but I don't know. I, I think, you know, you kind of noted... That being a, a male and hearing directly from a female teacher, and just kind of how it hits you.
2: Yeah, that was the first time that I could ever think that a woman was on stage teaching something other than being the the wife half of the marriage talk.
0: Uh,
2: yeah, um, it's normally like yeah. the you know we're gonna talk about. It
0: is still my goal to be the wife half of a marriage talk. I'm I'm <laughs> jonesing for it. I'm which is
2: which it. is you know like we need that, but yeah, for sure. Also like. You know 20 year old josh needed to hear that sermon on leviticus 25 yeah. and i'm still talking about it uh, a number of years later so <laughs> here we go
0: just a few numbers um jeff has there been any um i mean i guess your professor i mean she was teaching you as mm-hmm. well yeah um so i mean both of you all have highlighted that like teaching role but how has just like being in community being in relationship? With other women, like how has that developed you as a Christ follower?
1: It's a good question. You know, uh, kind of going to some of your comments on the the family of God, the church mm-hmm. as a household of faith. Um, you know, I remember I think it was after some Wednesday night gathering. We've had so many different iterations of like wednesday night gather times when it's not a home group night and there was one of the times uh and Paige, we did not talk about this in a pre-interview so um you know we can edit this 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 is where it all ends yeah this this is where where we both get fired right here we're just going to edit this whole (laughs) section out so we'll just give a a clear marker now uh but no it's after one of those nights Mm -hmm. where you were not uh you didn't come to me like the next day in in an accusatory way. Mm -hmm. But there was a a healthy, um, you were animated uh, about, uh, as we were talking about the family of God and I was kind of, maybe it was a priesthood of all believers talk or something Mm -hmm. that I did. And you're like, is that really true? Like, is that not just like, is that something that we aspire to, but is that happening? And I think that what was so helpful with that criticism or question.
0: It was criticism probably. Yeah. I know myself. It's okay. Uh, it was. I was there.
1: <laughs> but what it what it uh, helped with was that was something that was truer when we were small. Mm-hmm. And then as the church began to grow, it got harder and harder to do that. And I think that one angle and one voice that you've always tried to promote within the staff at Redeemer uh, are the people that are new who are coming in Mm -hmm. and finding Redeemer as their home. Like, are they getting the stuff that we're just talking about? Like, is that being Mm -hmm. actualized so we can say we're the family of God, but is someone actually experiencing that? Are they experiencing that in their relationships? Are they experiencing that in their home groups? Um, And so that, uh, I don't know that, Question of are we actually experiencing it? I think is a is a, an important one for us to always come back to, especially within leadership. Um, but really, for for every individual believer, like is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit something that you participate in? Is the uh, are you growing in the love of the Father? Are you g- growing in the grace of Jesus? Like, are these real things to you, or do we just aspire to them? It's ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, And one of the ways, and uh, this is actually a a quote from uh, Frederica Matthews Green. Yes. uh, And so here's Frederica. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right. She said, the main evidence that we are growing in Christ is not exhilarating prayer experiences, but steadily increasing humble love for other people. Hmm. And so I think a, a litmus test for each of us is to ask, are we growing in love, humble love? Are we uh, steadily increasing in love for other people? Uh, And then kind of parsing out other people, people that are different than us, Mm -hmm. uh, people who uh, don't have the same life experiences or education or socioeconomic or what? kind of go all the way through all the different ways someone can be. Uh, different than you. Uh, Are are we growing in love or are we just growing in love for like those four great friends that we made seven years ago and we are still deep diving with them and it's great. Mm -hmm. And I've got my people. Mm -hmm. See, that's my, that's my MO is like get my like handful of people. We're going to deep dive. We're going to do life together. And, and then it's just a huge chasm before there's anything else. Uh, And so I have to be pushed and, Church is a place for that push to happen, and 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 so to really ask like, are you growing in love for brothers within this church, sisters within this church? Um, is it just a little pocket that you've curated for yourself, or is this is it messy? Yeah. Um, because if you really are growing in that humble love for for other people, uh, it will be messy. It will be complicated. Uh, you'll you'll have questions like shouldn't we draw boundaries like those kinds of those kinds of things
0: <laughs> which we'll get to later
1: oh goodness okay. uh, no i'm meaning like the people that just like walk in your door uh, uh they don't they don't they don't knock or anything and you're mm-hmm. like oh f- hello person standing in hello, my kitchen neighbor. that's yeah. when i realized like oh like, re- like the, the redeemer thing is like proliferating and happening like mm-hmm. the the more often i turn around and someone's just standing in my home yeah uh, but 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 I think that that the the mindset of the family of God, the household of faith, we have to check our love for our brothers and sisters. If Jesus tells us that that's the way that people know that we're disciples, if that's the hallmark of actually being a follower of Jesus, if that's the the new commandment that he gives us is is to love one another, how are we growing in that love? How is it being actualized? Not just agreed upon in in an ideal that we think is neat, and that we serve a God of love and like it somehow makes him more palatable to the, to the world, but that we actually are growing in that love, living in that love and growing in that love and that it's being extended to brothers and sisters around us.
0: So how do we do that?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, to go back to the, the yeah. our, our first question of like, we, we need to be in that fellowship together like we have to share in things together we have to share in Christ himself we have to share in the mission of God and and we have to share in just life together yeah Um, and in that sharing in that reciprocal life together uh, where there's mutual submission to one another in Christ I mean like we're as much as we kind of focus on certain aspects of submission uh, within the entire family of God we submit to one another Mm -hmm. Uh, that means people that are older than you, younger than you, children, like that you would submit because you're there to serve. Like you're you're there oh, as a I servant. I submit to my children exactly. like
0: all day, every day. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think that's just really beautiful. And when I'm thinking about it, like it's, I think joy is so attached to that. Like when when I think of in my own experiences the times in which like brothers and sisters and just different like, not not like minded people have come together in humility and have come together I mean really I think we've seen it a lot this year. I mean like half my home group's here tonight and like our home group is a very diverse group of people. Um, not just male, female obviously but like we have varying opinions on varying things and what has made home group joyful in a year that things haven't exactly been joyful is when we can all like lay it down for one another mm-hmm. um and so obviously that's going into more than just like the male female thing but i do think it, it 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 like begs the question too like that that looks different than the outside world like we're usually yeah. drawn to people who are like us we usually are friends with people who think like us look like us Fill in the blank, you know, and so... And we're drawn
1: to people that are advantageous to us. Oh, so, yeah. like, yeah. what can this person do for me? Do for me, yeah. Um, and that would be one of the things know. that I would want to, like, caution as I'm talking about the benefits. Yeah. Is that we don't ap- approach people like, oh, well, I guess I'm just going to, like, dig into these relationships so I can become the better me. Mm-hmm. But rather, it's the it's the pouring out of ourselves for the good of these other people. For sure.
2: Yeah, I remember when we were coming to Redeemer, the probably number one, two, and three on our priority list was the idea that we didn't know the vocabulary at the time, but the mixed generation home group was so important. And I remember there was a time where we had a married couple that brought forth some some just marital difficulties. And then we had uh, Paige and I at the time struggling in fertility. And then we had another one that was engaged and we had some other people lamenting in their singleness. And we hit every you know, many of the, the life stages and, and we were driving home that time. I was like, we would never be in common with these people if not for Jesus, because the easy thing to do is just get around people like you. And just, that's let's, let's mm-hmm. just go with that. And that that's really the only thing I want to expose myself to, but it got us outside of our own difficulty. Cause we realized like we're very frustrated that um, we don't have a child coming yet, but everyone has frustrations with, with, different parts of life, and that's a common thread, but we also have a common source where we go to for comfort, Mm. being Jesus, and then secondly, you know, the church and each other. And I remember, you know, so many times through the years of celebrating new jobs, celebrating, um, you know, coming out, uh, getting hired after periods of unemployment, Um, people being pregnant after years of infertility and everything Mm -hmm. along the way and there are people that we it's not that we wouldn't celebrate with them it's just we wouldn't know them um if not for acting us out in community and so kind of to the point of like where does this happen is very rarely is there going to be this just um just this huge moment week after week where you know we have all these breakthroughs and people are just you know crying and singing and all that but it's it's the the steady coming, you know, coming and over time, learning each other, what's frustrating you, what's, what makes you happy. And then we celebrate the wins. We, we lament with the losses to, with one another. And then three years later, we look up and we look back on what the Lord has done with our group and what the group has done for each other. And we see, wow, like this, this is real, like this is a family and we're really, we're really taking care of one another in a way that is unique in the world.
0: Yeah how do you think you can gauge so like if someone's listening to this and they're like well yeah like I am in a home group and so yeah like I'm around other guys check or I'm around other girls check how I mean you yourself were talking about how like yeah for like 20-ish years like I didn't even really think twice about this like you know how what are some ways that we can kind of gauge like am I actually like in community with other brothers or other sisters, like, how would you say you could kind of think through some of that?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I don't want to say anything that just seems really like uh, trite or yeah. condemning, but if you can't think of, so if you're a guy and you can't think of a woman within your church community. That you can be praying for, then then you might not be living in that community. Mm. Like if you don't know a need that that someone else has, uh, a struggle or or a success to 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 join them in rejoicing, as though it was your own success. Uh, if you can't if you can't connect with someone else's experience like that, uh, then then I would say that maybe you are participating in the schedule. of church life, but I don't know if you're actually uh, living in the family because the family is going to know the needs and how we can intercede and how we can carry the burdens of Mm -hmm. one another and take those to the Lord. And so that would be just something I would, I would encourage someone to process through. Like, can you, is there anyone where you can, you can highlight that need and where you can be praying for them? Is there anyone like that um, in your in your life, because if there's not it's worth asking some follow up questions there.
0: Yeah, what would those follow up questions be?
1: Why not? <laughs> Why not? And Why it not? could be uh, it could be well I go to my home group, but like nobody's really sharing any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. okay, so I'm not saying that the fault Lies is all on, on that yeah. individual. It could be what what's the dynamic in the group where people are not sharing what's really going on? Uh, do Another uh, soapbox of Jeff uh, that you've heard many times. Uh, Are the voices of the women in the home group being choked out by the three guys that want to talk about that sermon like crazy? And they are just talking about that sermon, and they love that sermon. And then Mm -hmm. they're like, okay, well, we we really got to go. So if anyone had like prayer requests, just like text them on the way out. I was like, okay, that probably wasn't ideal. Uh, Do the women feel like their voices are necessary and wanted and desired in that home group setting? Or have they just kind of moved further and further into the background? Mm -hmm. I think that that, those are the kinds of questions that are worth asking. And there's not just a one size fits all. There, There are different variables to all of that. But those are worthwhile explorations. Yeah, a
2: question I always ask myself is: I, we'll just kind of look back on the last three to four weeks and think, you know do, do I know, do I know at least the bullet points of what's going on with everyone in our home group? Um, and if I don't know what maybe one or two of the women have going on, like maybe they got new jobs, or you know, doesn't matter, maybe they got a new puppy, like whatever it is, um, you yeah, know, I may think to myself that, you know, if I don't know, then either they're not sharing or they're not here, but either way, those are things that we can address or it's a behavior Mm -hmm. I can change um, to maybe when we dismiss and everyone's kind of mingling and hanging out, like I can at least make a point to check in with those people and not, you know, gravitate to someone that I just had coffee with yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just kind of being mindful of balancing that out too, that not, not only does the whole, you know, do we need the body of the church, but like the body needs you too. So, you know, where can you go out be an encourager and yes pray and do it in a way where um you're not being weird about it which sometimes with men and women there can just be this extra baggage that doesn't need to be there Um, is that
0: like a church culture thing or is that just like a culture culture thing where it's like oh he talked to me after home group like does he like me or i don't know is that like a thing i mean i I, I don't know
2: I i think certainly it's there um a lot of the messaging can be and you know not to paint everyone with a broad brush but there can be this messaging that everyone out there of the opposite sex is a potential romantic partner for you Mm -hmm. if you're single then let's assess that pretty quickly and figure out like are they going to potentially be that person or not and let's go ahead and categorize them and you want to kind of shuffle that or for the married person there's almost this back of your mind thinking of like is this person like a a threat to Mm -hmm. my marriage and I don't want them to be therefore I will keep you at arm's distance because Mm -hmm. you know I can't talk to a woman I'm a married man and there you can just take it too far in those directions in in ways that aren't helpful and so I think that we definitely bring that baggage in at times and so kind of back to the do I know how to pray for someone you know can we encourage and pray for one another without without like crossing those lines certainly we don't want to do that but also without this communication of like immediately you're a threat yeah. or immediately like we need to put boundaries in because you know it's it's a Wednesday at you know 8 15 and there's 20 other people in the room and you know and I said hey that was a great thought like way to go like if I can't say that in a way that someone's like does he like me then like yeah. that's a problem
0: yeah
1: and you need to address that yeah
0: hey he said it not you Yeah, thanks. You're keeping your job.
1: Yeah. No, I I do think that... I'll fire
2: myself now, so...
1: No, that that whole issue... I don't think it's unique to the church, but I think that the church has the best remedy.
0: Mm.
1: And that is... um, uh, Anyone uh, listening uh, who has a sibling, you don't need... Uh, A lot of boundaries right because you know they're your sibling and you don't think that way yeah right Uh, they really are your sister or your brother and I think it's because that reality is so far from our understanding and experience that the the brokenness of the world the the reality of the fall the sexualization of everything the brokenness of the sexualization of everything mm-hmm. makes it to where everything either has to be fear or shame or power mm-hmm. or threat and in, and it's this it's just the danger is dominant mm-hmm. rather than this is a sister this is a brother bought by the blood of Jesus and i you know we have to be Wise, because people are still so uh, there's still so much wickedness, for sure. And so we have to be wise, um, and we have to look out for one another. And I mean, this is like men w- watch watching the other guy who is talking to the girl after home group, and not to uh, diminish the. The, the power and ability of that woman to mm-hmm. handle herself, but to keep that guy in check and to say, hey, we're going to be a place where it's going to be safe for our women. Uh, that means, like, if you've got a and soapbox time. Yes. If you've got a friend that's on a dating app, or maybe that's you, listener, uh, who, who is on a dating app, like, if you go to Redeemer and Redeemer is your church home and you, connect with somebody on a dating app and somewhere along the way, it's like known that you, like you're a redeemer guy. I'm mm-hmm. speaking to the guys who are hopefully listening to this and here I'm going to chastise them when they're <laughs> listening for the first time. Like that should mean something that you're a redeemer guy. That That means that you should be honest. You should be trustworthy. You're going to show up. You're going to text back. You're going to talk like a man, and, and say what you actually are thinking and feeling, and not just play games. Like, there should be a quality that should come with that. And I'll tell you, that's not what I hear.
0: Yeah.
1: That's not what I hear.
0: I know.
1: Way too often about redeemer men in the, the dating world in Birmingham. And that drives me bananas. Yeah. And bananas is the word that I'm using to say on
0: this podcast, yeah. uh, yep.
1: because this is being recorded. Okay.
2: We don't have the explicit mark, so yeah, yeah. Can't, can't do that.
1: Uh, because sweet goodness, like that kind, that kind of thing, like that is. Uh, man, I'm trying to say it without all the cuss words. Um, no, but 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 those but what it means to be to be a man within this church family, uh, and and what it means to look out for one another, and that also means uh, men holding other men accountable. Yes. Uh, and not just uh, not just trying to be protectors and that kind of a thing, because sometimes that can be overblown, uh, but to really say like we will hold one another accountable to a standard mm-hmm. and that 's everything from from dating to uh, to when, when you see that because you uh, we 've all seen it before, uh, maybe even in a church setting, where there 's a guy that 's like maybe talking to to a girl and you 're like I think I might need to go on a quick rescue mission. Yeah. And I just need to like be a third party for a little bit and then just like kind of separate this and then just let that be done. And so it's looking out for other people. It's keeping an eye out within the family. Just because we're, we want to live into the brother and sister doesn't mean that we, we can go mindless into it. Yeah. It actually means that we step it up and we step up our care for one another, our looking out for one another, but it also means that we're going to do our very best to mitigate and diminish and see the Lord deal with the shame and the fear mm-hmm. and the sense of danger that the sexualization of all things has really um, broken and shattered. And, and we want to see the Lord put those things back together.
0: Yeah, and I think I mean you came down on the on the fellas pretty hard, but like as the female, like oh please, there the females aren't off the hook either. The girls are not off the hook either. Um, and you know I could I could definitely go in a soapbox about this, which I have multiple times. But um, I, yeah, I just, I just go back to that, like, is your initial thought on this person, like, oh, this is someone I could date? Or is it, this is a brother in Christ? And, and then it's like, okay, so he's a brother in Christ. And let's say you actually c- could date, like, this is actually going to go somewhere. I'm like, gosh, how that changes. Like when I think about the way that you would speak to and treat, um, and use tender care with your words and your actions to a, to a sibling, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it changes things. And so it goes from this, like, Oh, I can't, you know, respond too quickly, or I can't let him know how I really feel. I'm like, this, is, that's just, I feel like not being kind. Like, let's just be kind mm. to one another, um, girl to girl and girl to guy. But I mean, all like all the people, you know, I'm like, it's just very intriguing to me. And I'm incredibly thankful I did not come through the dating scene with apps and just stuff. But um, so, uh, you know, surface level, I can like barely understand. But I'm like, there are just some very clear parameters biblically for how we treat One another, and especially those within the body of Christ, and the the games, the playing, the like, flip flopping with words, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like what's the
1: the lack of respect makes it hard to believe that um, that it is a brother in Christ or a sister Mm -hmm. in Christ. It's like that the level of disrespect that can often be displayed means that brother and sister is so far off of the the radar in those interactions it's just like what do you what do you really think is going on here um and also do you not think that these people talk to each other like they all go to the same church like at some point you're gonna have to tap out and like roll somewhere else yeah uh that's not good
2: yeah i think too of uh those who maybe aren't as up close in those situations where there's you know, dating or not dating yeah. drama, um, to speak again to the women is like be empowered to you your sister too. And you can speak into those situations as well. Yeah, um, for sure. And I, I think of so many times where uh there's a couple in particular that have been in our home group in the past that I just remember would just say uh we'll just say boneheaded things, um, for lack of a better word. And we, we got some spicy women in our group as well. That's for sure. And they would just call him on it right there and just be like, okay, that's your attitude and like call them out from everyone. Yeah. And I so love that. And later debriefing with him, um, he appreciated it. Cause he's like, I kind of am figuring this out. And I don't know that that was received that way, but mm-hmm. I, I appreciate yeah. that. And it's because our women <clears> felt <throat> like they had a voice in the, in the group to say like, that was stupid. You shouldn't have said that about, that person's job or that person's you know situation that they just said like you just need to quit being so callous and so you know the women being empowered to speak into that too like hear us on this podcast like you need to you know you have a voice as well use it
0: for sure i mean we sat in the driveway um with a redeemer remember not too long ago and i was telling her like you get to use your words too like you you don't have to be quiet like you you are in a relationship, you can you can use your words and share how you're feeling and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think there's usually a temptation for, I, I mean, I'm gonna say it's for women, but I think especially in the South too, to like keep the peace. Like I don't wanna stir up anything. Yeah. I don't wanna cause a fuss. And once again, if I'm looking at this guy, you know, who I do have a relationship with, we sit in the same living room, week after week like we have a relationship together and I see him stumbling into something that he should not like mm. say something
1: well and that's like siblings
0: yeah siblings like, don't have a yeah. have trouble with that
1: so Sibli- like you just you say it uh and then you you let things fall as they as they mm-hmm. do and like the the willingness to just to say the things now that doesn't mean uh that we go to uh like a a oh, yeah. brashness that's that's yeah. unkind but if it's said in love like siblings know how to say the hard thing to each other mm-hmm. and they're not really worried about too much of the aftermath it's just like I just like you need to hear this from somebody and it's gonna be me yeah. uh, and and I think that that type of dynamic within the brothers and sisters in the body of Christ of, of real honesty mm-hmm. because so many of the things that have been mentioned so far would be like the pitfalls would be avoided. If we were just honest, we, we said the, the honest thing, and then we also welcomed someone letting us know that we're wrong mm-hmm. and that dynamic, like a, a brother and a sister are willing to let the other person know that they're wrong. Yeah. Uh, it might take a lot of conversations to, or, or even years to get to the place where you appreciate <laughs> being called out in those things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, But if it's true, then then we should welcome it
0: what i would say too like there's obviously shared experience like i don't get to just willy-nilly walk into like your home group that i'm not a part of and be like and you you said blah 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 blah." you I mean, know i like, would do that I, well you would but you can get away with it because you're a pastor
1: i don't know if that's the uh, i
0: don't
1: think I don't those know. are the rules but you
0: know like there there's obviously a relationship that has been built up over time and it's like i know you like mm-hmm. I, I know who you are and that's not you and, and like, let me tell you what I'm seeing here. And like, this is what mm-hmm. makes me nervous or, you know, whatever the thing is. Um,
1: and if you've lived that life together, so much so that you've had to endure one another. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Paul uses that that word of like in, enduring with one another. And I used to always think of that, about that in, um, you know, the scene in Braveheart when uh, they're all like, uh, about to battle, like this, like the, the end battle, and, uh, and, and William Wallace is yelling, hold, and they're all like just holding, and they're huddled together, and they, they've got their enemy coming at them, and they're like shoulder to shoulder. Uh, I always used to think that that's what, like, enduring, like the shoulder to shoulder. Uh, mm-hmm. But really, the picture that's being uh, used there with the, the, the Greek, Jesus uses the same thing when he's talking about the, the generation. He's saying, how much longer must I put up with you So it's not necessarily an endure together against an enemy, but it's like, how much, how much longer do I have to endure you and put up with you? And so they're like siblings, like we, we're going to have that, uh, that conflict from time to time. And we we don't need to be afraid of that conflict because the fear of the conflict is going to drive that distance where people aren't going to say what what they're really thinking or feeling. They're not going to be honest. Mm -hmm. And real honesty means that there's going to be conflict, and then we've got to see that through. And so the fellowship, for the fellowship uh, to be actualized, it means that the love and the grace have to be realized too. And that's why we're not just given the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We're given the love of the Father and the grace of Jesus, which means that we have to forgive one another which, back that up, means that we're going to wrong one another. Mm-hmm. So the goal is not for us not to wrong one another. The goal is that as we wrong one another, the love of the Father and the grace of Jesus is going to see us through as we continually forgive one another, and uh, so offering that forgiveness and receiving that forgiveness. It ha- like, all those things have to be happening, uh, not just, hey, we, we love each other enough to not engage. Yeah. And, and I talk about this in premarital counseling. Um, I mean, now at, at Redeemer, like 12 times a week. Uh, but uh, one of the big things is like, a, if a couple has not had any conflict, you know, a couple that says, you know, we haven't really had a fight yet. It's like, do you talk to each other? Are you like, is anyone saying together? what they yeah. actually <laughs> think or feel? Because if you've got two people sharing what they're thinking and feeling, there's gotta be a fight at some point. And so I think that that's another picture. Sometimes we have an idealized picture of the family of God as being just like serene and no drama, but it's messy. And if it's not messy, it makes me wonder where is the life in this? Where's the engagement? Where's the honesty that's causing the conflict that necessitates the grace and love of God?
2: I remember when, you know, Joel has said it before of that whenever he has hope that a marriage can be salvaged as if they're still fighting. Mm. Um, and that it's whenever there's a complete apathy that, that he, he feels like it's, it's close to the end. And, and so that, you know, that in that keeping of the peace, we're not overcorrecting to the point of, you know, not building each other up. Um, like we've had instances before where people just say dumb things in, in home group happens all the time. Usually it's the men, Whatever. No, um,
0: I, I talk a lot, so but, I probably uh, see a lot of dumb there's things. There's been
2: some times where you know people have either told Paige or told me like, "Hey, like, so and so said this," and like just kind of wanted to put this on your radar kind of thing. And we've kind of pushed back a little bit, and we said, "Okay, um, you tell them."
1: Yeah. yeah, I didn't hear
2: it. You tell them, and to encourage people to live into that, to say like, "Hey, it's it's okay to be a little uncomfortable. You don't have to. We don't have to." hide from it but just use your words again like be honest like be mm-hmm. open say it and move on or you know do whatever correction needs to be done but like we can have that out and like the fact that we're siblings there's going to be that there's going to be times where we have advice to give there's going to be times where we just have our feelings hurt and we just need to put it out there and that's mm-hmm.
0: okay man i'm just thinking like the older I get, and maybe that's, like, the more children I have, basically the more I want to, like, mother everyone. Like, every yeah. guy in my home group, my interns, I'm always like, so, tell me about your schedule. Are you sure you're okay? You know, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I feel like. I just like get ornery. I get, I, get get ornery. Ang- I get
1: angrier and angrier. You're
0: just grumpy cat. Yeah. You're a grumpy cat. Um, so, you know, I think on one hand we have totally hit the, like, sometimes there's going to be confrontation, and, like, the loving thing in being brother and sister is to confront correct to talk about it but i i want us to also like talk about some of the like immense joys that is living in the body of christ and being in community with people who are just the opposite sex you know like i you know there's a group of single guys in our home group and i just like absolutely adore them and love them and have Definitely had to call them out for their boneheaded things. Um, But also, like, they give it right back to me and I love it. Like, I love it. And so, like, I find so much joy in just, like, I, you know, it's been a hot minute since I was single and I've definitely never been a single dude. So, like, just listening and hearing the, like, stuff that they do and what they're thinking about and the shows that they're watching and just (laughs) that kind of stuff, it really does. I'm just like, it just really, like, gives me so much happiness, like, just, like, engaging with this completely different group of people, um, and I feel like I'm like, okay, I don't, in the least bit, understand you, you know, but, like, I get a little glimpse into, like, so this is what's going on at your house on a Tuesday Mm. night, okay, like, I get it, you know, and, like, it's just been so fun for me, so I'm wondering for you guys, like, have there been instances like that for you, um, with you know other women in our congregation or other women in your just life.
1: Yeah there I mean there are lots of lots of uh Redeemer women who have just been dear friends and Mm -hmm. have seen Jess and I through like our own hard seasons whether the the friend was married or single Mm -hmm. um who've been there and um yeah, it's uh, uh, I also kind of get some of that like protector role or like the the being the dad or the I try to be the fun dad to uh, to some of those yeah. folks. I get pretty um, well. I get overprotective when it comes to like when they started like dating guys that they later oh, yeah. married and like I you know I felt like I needed to have some talks with them. Yeah, I,
0: yeah, i.e., like, you tell me to set up the new member elder meeting with you, like, yeah, 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 I like to Uh get those,
1: um, (laughs) yeah, I like to have, I like to have, like, give, give a good, uh, once over on everything, and so, uh, no, but with, I mean, Deanna Stairs has been, like, a part of our family for years and years Mm now, and then, uh, Courtney Gordon and uh you you know Lindsay Westlake yeah I got all three of
0: their weddings yeah so
1: but to to, uh to see them in these different seasons um and as they are starting their own families and Mm -hmm. it's just a it's a beautiful thing to watch like that just those to have those years together Mm -hmm. and to really see someone who is a brother or a sister grow and change and grow up in Jesus um and to to always be doing that from the vantage point of the church family it's just a precious gift Um, and it's one that takes time it's a slow gift Um, but when we commit into a place and we open ourselves up to the relationships that are there not the relationships that we wish that we had but the Mm -hmm. relationships maybe that are that are right in front of us and we we open ourselves up to that and we're present and we walk through those different seasons like there it it doesn't what trumps mutual interest is shared experience Mm -hmm. and so over time the oh we like the same things we like to do these like those things like slowly fade and dissipate Mm um but then the shared experience is what those deep friendships are, are really built on and and that shared experience first is that we're following the same jesus we're worshiping him you know when uh, when I look out and, you know, some of the women who've been on the podcast, like when I, I know their stories and when I'm preaching, uh, and I see them, like I'm thinking about their story. Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to stay, stay with my notes as best I can. But like I, what I'm saying is connecting with the story that I know that they're living. Mm -hmm. And when I see them singing and when I see them, uh, finding comfort in the Lord and finding him sufficient even even with what all the stuff that they've got going on if I know their story then when I see them worship it's a different thing for and sure. we've talked about that before
0: yeah for sure um well guys we kind of went off script a lot but okay. I'm, I'm happy um do y'all have any other concluding thoughts or anything you'd want to just pipe on in there
1: my concluding thoughts. Whew, I've got a lot. <laughs> uh, Seven pages of no.
0: notes. If not, I'll see if anyone yeah, has I, any questions. I, I, I do. Is the do?
2: Uh, uh, again a, a a woman opened my eyes to this? But you know, in Genesis three, you have the story of the animals being marched in front of Adam.
0: Oh uh, yeah. And, Two, he, and yeah. he's
2: naming them and. And this, you know, this whole scene is there, and then, and then later you have um, Eve being created, and you know the verse is, you know, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Um, that he was paraded there with all the animals for a reason. It was showing like different, 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 and then the first words are the same, bone yeah, of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Yeah. And so just that we would start there first, that there are a, a absolutely unique distinctions and qualities and and iterations of the spirit and expressions uh, that are played out in man and woman. right? Um, and, and we absolutely want to get to there and celebrate that and lean into that. Um, but let's start from a place of we're co-heirs mm-hmm. and we are one and the same um, and we're equally a part of the family of Christ. And then let's move out from there with the unique giftings that, that God has given to us. And so if our default is looking for the ways that we need to be different or to separate Mm -hmm. and you know the men over here the women over here and we want to limit the amount of contact between the two let's let's not go there and let's let's instead say where can where can we function as a body of brothers and sisters holistically Mm -hmm. and then sure we're going to parse that out with some distinction but let's not go there first
0: right uh that um that like podcast that it was Jen Wilkin who was doing the teaching on Genesis 2 um it's like one of my absolute favorites ever and I share it all the time and I was actually trying to look it up today but they've taken it off of Vimeo and it's fine but um i just love to like the the cultural mandate you know like how god says to them like be fruitful and multiply and quite literally they were They were told to multiply, as in have children and populate this earth. Um, And I'm not sure if y'all are aware, but like man can't do that alone, and woman can't do that alone either. And so like both are needed. And then obviously going to the New Testament where the Great Commission is given, it's like go and make disciples, i.e., go and multiply. And how it can't it can't be done one or the other. Like we're doing it together as a family and. I just when I think about that I could get a little weepy about it I just love it so much and I um, just love the the value that it puts on men and women alike Um, because I think you're right like so often culture or just our own unique you know experiences tells us to separate it tells Mm. us how different we are Um, there are a trillion books right about like men are from Mars and women are from Venus or whatever. You know, like, we're all different, um, which is true. Like, biologically, we're different. But I just love that, yeah, that, that picture of sameness and how necessary both are um, for the Great Commission to go forth. Um, mm. And I just love it.
1: Yeah, my, my closing thought would be um, I think of Jesus— with the woman at the well Mm. and he goes up to her because uh he sees a child of god and there are all kinds of dangers and threats and cultural Mm -hmm. expectations and all the brokenness of the fall like all these things are rampant like from her history to her present to uh to him even going up to uh a a woman of her uh ethnicity like it's all these different things are, are it's like it's It's a powder keg of trouble and Jesus walks right into it because he knows her deepest need and he knows uh, that he can liberate her and we follow behind him uh, into those situations and scenarios. We don't go in front of him because that person doesn't need us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're not trying to prove a point, and we're we don't we're not MacGyver who's going to uh, uh, take take apart the uh, the ticking time bomb. Yeah. No, we follow Christ into it, um, and, and we walk into those places, and we see a brother, and we see a sister, we see someone whose greatest need is Jesus, and that Jesus satisfies. And we spur one another on. We we live into um, you know the the call from the letter to the Hebrews of stirring one another up and holding fast together and and so the, the, the opportunity is there the precedence is there in Jesus the one who uh, the one who redeems us and redeems us as men and women uh, to the glory of God we, we get to follow behind what he is what, what he has done what he is doing and what he has promised to fulfill
0: love it.